everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Today we're going to talk about, this is a very special episode where we talk about uh, <laughs> something and then do a really poor job of it, which is, you know, The Simpsons trademark now. I don't, that's, Matt, I don't think. We're, I, we're, it, we, it will come up, don't worry, but I don't think, Aaron, they didn't have any, they didn't want to do it. What are you talking about? This is all. <laughs> they, you're right, you're they right. They had no intention. This is all an accident. Uh, this week's episode. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, I do this first. We are brought to you by support us on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson show for only $2 a month. You can get access to hundreds of hours of bo- extra podcasts, bonus podcasts that you can hear nowhere else except on our Patreon. You want to hear Matt and I talk about other uh, television shows like Rick and Morty and King of the Hill and Bob's Burgers. We have episode reviews for a lot of that. Um, we do bonus episodes every month. Lately, we just have been watching movies that we that are tangentially connected to The Simpsons. But uh, there's lots of them. You can go go support us. We appreciate everyone who does. This week's episode is the Haw Haw the Couple episode J A B F O two. Originally aired December tenth, two thousand six. Written by Matt Selman. Directed by Chris Clements. 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 Uh, received a 4.9 rating with 8.3 million viewers. The couch gag, a pair of hands, cuts a piece of paper into the shape of Homer, pulled out to reveal the rest of the family holding hands. Robbie, I do believe this is our first episode from the season 18 production run. It is indeed. Um, yeah. What a... Uh... It's, I mean, I don't know. This. It's a Matt Selman episode, which Matt Selman generally, generally writes... The better episodes, episodes that harken back to the golden years where there's an emotional core to them. Um, since, I mean, he is sometimes a, he's a showrunner part time without Gene now. Um, I have a lot of respect for Matt Selman, but doesn't mean all his episodes are good. So this episode starts with ki- the kids wanting to get Marge Homer's attention, but they go to their bedroom door, it's closed, and they hear them fighting. Um, but then we pull back to see that it is not them actually fighting, it is a tape, a recording of them fighting. Uh, and they are using this as cover so they can have sex in the morning. Um, did their, does their door not have a lock? That's what I was wondering, because... Like, uh, what is this? I mean, I, I get that your walls are paper thin and everything, but it, it, and so the tape makes sense, but you can also lock the door so they can't get in. I mean, you just lock the door and play loud music. I don't know, like, how complicated this has to be, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, this is all inciting incident. I will say this. There's not endless inciting incidents in this. We get to this main plot right after this. There is a there is basically functionally a single inciting incident. I don't know how necessary it is, but whatever. Um, the kids walk in anyway because they end up playing the tape the other way or something and it ends up being um well they fast forward to a different part of the tape and it ends ah, up being a song instead yeah it's uh the horse with no name by america which i, I like i like that simpsons song. love for some reason <laughs> i mean it's a good song but i'm it's guessing it's a fine song it's a fine I'm, song i'm guessing that they just had the rights to it so they just played it as much yeah. as they could they, they bought a certain amount of rights and they're like well, let's play it as much as we this is what we have let's use it um but Barty's traumatized. They, we cut him him and Lisa walk in on a march and armor. Uh, we cut to him next day sitting with Millhouse. He's traumatized. He's shaking. He can't get his milk duds out. Um, which feels like product placement, by the way. 
the milk duds thing? Yeah, because milk duds, that's a real candy. And it's like they that's zoom true. in Usually they and they zoom steak. in, they zoom in on the box. And I'm wondering if that's like a, they had a deal with whoever makes Butterfingers also makes milk duds and they're trying to, it felt like product placement. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But Bart is traumatized. Um, and this is, I, I, I don't know. I don't think you needed any of that, that first bit, whatever. This is when we finally, we, we first see Nelson in the episode. And this is a Nelson episode. It's a Nelson Bart episode. Um, and Nelson shows up, bullies both Milas and Bart for their lunch money, but then invites them to his upcoming birthday party. Trust me, Bart. It's better to walk in on both your parents than on just one of them. Hey, Dinks, give me your lunch money. But what will I eat at midday? I can't solve all your problems. Just hand over the money. Thanks, Wads. And I hope to see you both Saturday. Huh? Come to my party or die. <clears throat> Come to my party or die. I hate Nelson's parties. He makes you look at his baseball cards and tell him they're good. They're not good. I don't like him. I'll bet Nelson won't even have gift bags. Unthinkable. Is that legal? Wait, what if nobody goes? He can't kill all of us. He's right. Individually, we are weak, like a single twig. But as a bundle, we form a mighty faggot. <gasps> well said. If we all stand together, Nelson's helpless. Hell no, we won't show. Hell no, we won't show. Hell no, we won't show. Hell no, I won't know. Willie, you're fired with complete loss of pension. Damn it! <sighs> um. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is our inciting incident, and um, it's okay. I've seen we've had much much worse. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fine. I think there's multiple moments in this episode which are like they. I don't know what they're like, you know, uh, Martin here using the the F F slur for in its proper usage. Its original intended. It, use. Yeah, but it just feels like cheap shock value. Yeah. Um, it's not funny. It just feels like very much like, ha ha, look what we got away with. I'm just like, guys, what are we? Why? Why did you do it, though? Do you, did you think it's like it feels like very much like it's a joke written by four-year-old boys um and it, there's multiple moments like this in this episode which i don't excuse because it's a plot about the children i still want the jokes to relatively be relatively intelligent um but the boys are wisely wise up they're like oh none of us will go to Nelson's party and therefore we will be fine he can't beat us all up and then i would i would argue yes he can you guys are all wimps. <laughs> but you're all wusses both in terms of fortitude and in terms of physicality. Yeah, I but we follow Bart home and Marge basically she learns that Bart is avoiding Nelson's party and then basically forces him to go. Says don't be a and to be fair, like I don't know. This Matt like I just by looking at your notes, you you're I you're trying you want way too much from this episode. There's this, there, I know, there's I know. nothing, there is not, like, there are, like, quote-unquote, troubling things in this episode, it doesn't care, there's not, not even a moment where it thinks about it, um, because this is, like, another thing, Marge is like, you should, you need to go, don't be mean, I'm like, to be fair, like, Nelson literally threatened to hurt people if he didn't come to this, that's not how you get people to go to a party, don't make people go to parties they don't want to go to, um, regardless of how old they are, 
Um, but she forces Bart to go. Also tells Lisa that she's going to get married or not get married. Um, I will say that this episode has a lot of character in it. Like, meaning there's like, there are bits and pieces in a lot of these little gaps. It doesn't feel like there's nothing in this episode that feels like filler, which I will applaud. That is true. This episode uh, is very tightly focused on its two plots, um, which works because the two plots, uh, they don't really interact that much, but they are both interesting enough and all the characters feel like themselves. So I, I feel like the Matt Selman episodes, we can usually count on that. Uh, it just feels like there's some weird stuff packed in and it meanders a bit. So at least there's that. I'm I'm going to save all my scorn for the ending, Matt. So uh, they, they there is not it's not just like 20 minutes of fluff, though. It feels like it's doing things along the way, even if some of them are misguided. So we cut to Homer driving Bart to Nelson's party uh, and conversations in the car, which are homer's upset about his life apparently um so bart appears at the party walks around back and we have nelson's house it's kind of you know shabby torn worn, worn up torn up worn down but then you get around to the back it's actually very nice uh it looks like a regular kid's birthday party. it looks like a really nice kid's birthday party it has pizza and cake and gift bags are set up for everybody already there um, we're going to find out that there's a Spider-Man and a Dr. Octopus impersonator, which hell yeah, you got Doc Ock. I'm not as, I'm not as uh, high on Doc Ock as the Spider-Man villain as a lot of people are. I don't mind him. <laughs> I, I prefer, I mean, if you're going to, I like, I like, I like different permutations of Goblin usually, or give me Venom and Carnage. Give me the symbiotes. Big fan of Craven, to be fair, is my number one. I mean, if I'm going to pick a Spider-Man villain, it's going to be Craven, but I don't. I think. I don't think Craven has the. Love your Craven. I don't think Craven. Craven. Craven's last time is the best Spider-Man story ever written. That. Oh, absolutely. That's like. I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people like yourself like Craven so much is that one story just kind of blows them all away. I mean, what? Like, am I am I supposed to be like enthralled with Superior Spider-Man, Doctor Octopus? No, that's not even Doc Ock. That. It is. I mean, it is, but yeah, mm-hmm. that was a weird. One. That was yeah. a, a special case. That is yeah, more about special. What okay. makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? All right, all right, all right, Nick Spencer. Um, all right, Dan Slot. I got it. Okay, so it's kind of sad. The scene is kind of sad because this party's great. Nelson's wearing a suit, like he's clearly like excited, and it you get a little bit of a glimpse into like, oh, Nelson invited all these people all the kids to his party because he wants to impress them he wants to like look at my party it's great i need i want friends i don't know how to get friends um all i know is like oh i punch people and tell them what to do so i'm gonna do that to get them to come to my party and i'm gonna maybe i can impress them at my party and make a real friend Uh, but only bart shows up um it's kind of awkward here and kind of sad but it's supposed to be and it works honestly i i think this is most of this setup works for me. Um, most of this plot, a lot of it works for me. Um, it's a lot of the weird stuff along the edges that doesn't work. And then the terrible, terrible ending. But Bart is, for like a minute, Bart is like, oh, no, everyone's caught in traffic. You know, trying to be nice to Nelson here. But eventually, he has to basically break the news that no one else is coming. Nelson? Nelson? Nobody's coming. But how could nobody come? 
I ordered them to. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes you can be kind of a jerk. True, but I thought I had some friends. Maybe you can have fun with just me. Okay, why not? Stop having fun, kids. I'm Dr. Octopus from Marvel Comics Spider-Man. I'm inventing a ray that turns birthday presents into homework. Arr! Come on, Bart, let's knock him down. Uh, they knock down Dr. Octopus, beat him up. We get a little montage here, Bart and, and Nelson having some fun. Is it really necessary for... At, I mean, the Spider-Man 2 had come out by this point, right? Had to. Yeah. I think so. I think that's the Doc Ock he's trying to be. Yeah, but why is he, like, why does he go, Dr. Octopus from Marvel Comics? I'm like, do kids not know who Dr. Octopus is? <sighs> Maybe they're actually trying to point out that they're allowed to use Doc Ock. <laughs> like, no, no, this is the one you think it is, not not another one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's like, it's a little montage of them being just having, doing fun things together they're at the party and they're we have a uh, homer and nelson's mom there nelson's mom apparently got the money for this party because she got her head hit at a carnival ride which uh-huh and so now she is uh she's got, hurt got, a, got some settlement out of that or something who knows um but it's 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 fun it's cute and it, and it works it sounds like oh yeah bart and nelson bonding together doing some fun stuff together but the the day over and they like oh we're gonna be friends right they're gonna they're gonna uh i don't know i think when they say that i think it means different things different things to each of them um and that's very clear when we get to the final scene of the first act when bart and lisa are about to get on the school bus and bart and lisa like lisa's like how was the party and bart's like it was fun and uh we are friends and we did we were you know we had some fun together but that's probably it right we're not gonna be friends forever um nelson's a bully we're different different circles and i think that that kind of idea is very understandable to even us as adults where you might go to a party meet someone hang out with them for the night even you know be you know have fun and then you never it never be more than that and it, you, you're not really upset about it it's just the way things are you're not necessarily like you know no one has infinite amount of time and I think Bart thinks of it that way. Nelson clearly does not, as we see as he gets on the bus. So, how was Nelson's party? Not bad. We had pizza, cake, and then sang songs with Nelson's grandma. But it was a one-time thing, and now I'll never see him again. Hey! It's my birthday, bud! Yeah, yeah, it was uh, super fun. Good times. Hey, Ralph, have I got to have a sandwich for you? Bart, where are you going? I saved you a seat, best friend. Ha <laughs> Um, Lisa got me with the ha ha. I like I I laugh. I laugh at that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I just there's something funny about this that I kind of wanted to point out, and it's that the practical impossibility of kids not seeing their bullies ever again. Because like, if you're an adult. Uh, it's generally fairly easy to avoid uh, somebody who's bullying you, uh, unless you happen to like work with them and your company sucks, which most of them do. Uh, but as a kid, <laughs> it's real hard. Like, oh yeah, I'm never gonna see him again. Bart, you go to school with him every day. That's the dumbest statement you ever could have possibly made. I think it's it is it's supposed to be a li- it is. I think it's purposefully naive. I don't think they they wrote that without a. I, I think I think some of the things that are that are you know. I buy it, Bart, just going, oh, well, yeah, I said we'd be friends, but 
we're not going to really be friends. And him saying to Lisa, oh, never see him again. It's supposed to be that very, like, obviously naive, like, oh, no, Bart, of course you're going to see Nelson again. You're going to see him today. It's impossible for you not to. Um, but now they're best friends, Matt. Uh, best friends forever. On the same seat in the bus. Up front, by the way. Nelson and Bart sitting in front, front. Yeah, that's where all the cool kids sit, right? I mean, I usually just slept wherever there was a spot where I could lean my head against some of those so I could sleep. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Um, we have a commercial. Seven minutes and ten seconds. And when we come back, uh, we get uh, Bart basically uh, at first trying to hide from Nelson uh, to avoid him, but then realizing that, oh, being Nelson's friend comes with certain advantages. Hey, best friend, I got you a present! An entire case of pool cue chalk! Huh? Huh? We can make the tip of anything blue! Um, Nelson, I was just thinking about us being best friends. Whoa, me too! We are so connected! Look, um, I don't have time for new friends. I got a lot on my plate. I've got a big report due on the Nile River. Topic, sentence, bibliography, page numbers. It's nuts. Dude, you made me get water on my cheek! My best friend now, which means no one picks on him ever again. Okay, okay. I forgot how cool Bart was. Yeah, he's awesome. Good guy, good guy. Isn't he? I've known him for years, but I ran into him at a party and we really clicked. That's right. We're best friends now. So why don't you go pick on someone smaller and weaker? Good idea. Let's go over to the Sunshine Preschool and wail on toddlers. Yeah, we'll jump them while they're napping. Yes, we'll go over to the preschool and wail on toddlers. Fun, right, Robbie? I mean, I I mean, I think I I mean it, it's fine. I don't know. There's something like I don't know. I I think the character stuff here is good enough, so I don't care about the miscellaneous jokes around the edges, like them going to punch on toddlers, punch toddlers or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like I like this Bart Nelson plot so far. This is like this is interesting. Like, okay, Bart is becoming friends with Nelson. Um, at first he's a little hesitant about it, but now he's like, oh, wait, there are positives for this. There are, there, there are perks and maybe I shouldn't be, I shouldn't rush to judgment. Yes. It's, it's very rarely a good idea to rush to judgment with people. Um, meanwhile, uh, we're finally gonna get to the B plot here in a stunning callback to the opening scene, uh, meaning it hasn't completely been forgotten. Uh, Marge indicates to Homer that she's ready for some nighttime will be, uh obviously uh Matt 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 What? Are 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 we are you like did you teleport out of like the married with children? Like you just used the whoopee? No, really? Robbie, is this what the we're Simpsons doing? Have used making whoopee several times, so that's what I have decided are to they continue not to use. In this episode though? Not in this episode, no. Okay. I just but. I cannot like it is Whenever I hear that, for, whether from an old television show or from an... A, you think my, Whoopie Pies and Get Hungry? Me too. <laughs> no, I I go, what? I, no? I, no, I don't. I mean, I do like Whoopie Pies. They're delicious. But uh, I mostly go, why did anyone ever use that as a slang? Like, there's literally not a better... Like, I understand that you're getting around sensors on television. Um mm. Could he make a better a double entendre? <laughs> there has to be a better one than that. Making Whoopi. Of course oh. there is, Robbie, but that's the funniest one, so that's what I use. Also, Moving I on. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Just asking. Right. Uh, 
But unfortunately for uh, Lisa, or unfortunately for Homer, uh, Lisa asks uh, him to read her a story. And it turns out to be the Angelica Button series, which is a very loose Harry Potter knockoff. You have Angelica Button, which is Lisa. And then you have her mentor, uh, Greystash, uh, who is, is Homer with a really long mustache and is, is a Dumbledore stand-in. Uh, and we get a, a brief aside where we see what's happening in the books with the, you know, Homer and Lisa in the main characters' places. And it, it's very, you know, high-stakes fantasy adventure, you know, basically Harry Potter. Hey, yeah, I was like, um, have you read Harry Potter? <laughs> then you know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Homer wants to keep reading, but Lisa has fallen asleep. And Lisa says, absolutely not. We will not be reading anymore without me here. Uh, and even like takes the book from him so he cannot read it on his own. Uh, because Homer is not an adult. He cannot go buy a copy of it. Homer's, well, he, I, I think they're, Homer's invested in the story, which is, you know, like, that's, again, this B-plot. you want as an author. Yeah, the B-plot isn't bad. It's, 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 like, it is, it's kind of a throwaway thing. It's, a li- it feels like you could flesh this out into a bigger bigger plot you feel like you could make this an a plot if you really wanted to um and it it's a very simple like oh homer wants to keep reading the book but lisa says no we i we have to read it together do not do not skip ahead and it's like it sets up there that's the thing like when a lot of time when we say a plot and b plot the b plot is not a plot it is just like oh it's some Wacky, stuff that happens some wacky fun stuff happening in the background there is a plot here this is a plot you know there is a there is a conflict of homer wants to read more lisa doesn't want him to it's not complicated it doesn't have to be with a b plot and honestly um most of my laughs came from the b plot so i'll say that indeed uh meanwhile uh bart is hanging out with nelson all the time just basically the nelson and bart are now best friends they're hanging out all the time uh this is there's a great montage where Bart is basically Henry Hill. He gets a, a vest from Nelson and they get led around the back of the, the all the corridors of the school. Uh, we see the mafia who know Nelson. Uh, we see them getting a special dinner uh, from Monster Doris or lunch. Then we get to taste the sauce and they get to step right up front to uh, Groundskeeper Willie's comedy show. I use the term comedy very loosely, but you know, uh, here, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna have I have a, a minor correction okay, okay. disagreement because i don't think i don't think bart uh as henry in this situation i think of him as uh karen as henry's girlfriend and then wife yes you're right that that you're that makes way more sense because yeah because nelson is the henry and bart is the one getting the the advantages and we get a little we get the the same kind of narration from goodfellas uh this this shot they like they literally steal the shot from goodfellas one the, the a very a relatively famous shot from goodfellas of one take where they go through a restaurant all the way back through the back door and and henry leads uh lorraine brocco's character karen to a, a, a table right in front and she narrates that that shot very famously like how she's how overwhelmed she is by how much uh i don't know power uh, henry has in goodfellas special treatment he gets yeah he seems to know everyone and be able to get whatever he wants very easily uh and this is the same kind of uh, mimics that with bart and i think that's interesting as well because bart is um you know mapping bart onto a female character in goodfellas is interesting i think is I think as subtly like we 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 see Melhouse call him a sidekick, uh, in, in the scene or two from now, and I think it is uh, both those things are meant to kind of 
tell us that Bart is not an equal here. That Bart is subservient, you know, and uh, forget or fail. I don't. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think we have enough time to do a whole podcast about how uh, women characters are written in Italian mob movies. But oh, whoa, 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 Robbie, Robbie, that sounds like a bonus episode. I'm not. Don't we're not. I do not. I have no interest in that. Um, I'm just saying. Okay. I think. Well, I think. Then. I just want to call attention to it. I think it is purposeful, and I think that's interesting. I think. Like, there are a lot of, like, things in this that, like, just that, this one scene here, and like, where we have this homage to Goodfellas, is more nuance, more, in, like, a, a more interesting scene, it requires more skill in mapping the same one-take shot, it's a little easier in animation, so you don't have to worry about a camera, but it is still thought, it is still, like, clearly, like, oh, I want to do like it is choices, it is artistic choices and 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 presence. Which, again, some of the Simpsons episodes we some of these episodes we watch late lately are devoid of anything. There is no thought. There is no choice. It is just vomit onto a page. This is clearly yeah, this is clearly some very intentional. Yes. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the things is this relationship between Nelson and Bart. Uh, is made out to be several different things. And the more we talk about it, the more I realize there might be more intention here than I realized at first, but because it's clumsily done, it's hard to tell. Um, because we get here, we get the analog with uh, Henry Hill, and I believe you said Karen was her name. It's been a long time since I watched Goodfellas. Sorry, people. Uh, where Bart is in the subservient role. He's the one being taken care of. And then as the episode progresses, we'll get to uh, where Bart doesn't like that role, the subservient role. And so, you know, they sort of break up and then we get the abuser abused relationship. And because those things aren't given the time to breathe or really shouldn't even be part of the same episode, <laughs> it leads to muddled confusion, uh, which is, is, is not great, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the, 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 how the plot shifts as the episode progresses. Uh, so we go back to the B plot uh, and we see Homer and, uh, He's he's ready to read Lisa another story tonight. He's ready to get on with the story. But unfortunately, Lisa is at Janie's house. So Homer uh, cannot get to read tonight. And that is that is quite disheartening for him. Homer! Homer! You must read ahead. Fiction is your passion. Lady, you're nice, but I'm married. Just read the book, you shaved ape. Don't! Oh, I can't read ahead. I promised Lisa I wouldn't. Just take a peek at the title of the next chapter and see if you can resist. An unexpected occurrence? What could it be? <laughs> we hooked him, Galahad. Yes, quite. Angelica was trapped in the suffolk clock of Sandy Doom. So yes, we see Homer has decided to read ahead despite his agreement with Lisa. Uh, and... Homer comes across a very large spoiler for what happens at the end of the book. He basically finishes the book, uh, and we learned that, uh, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen this episode or read the Angelica Button series, her mentor, Grace Dash, dies, saving her life. So I'm sorry for those of you who haven't read it, but you knew it was happening. This is, this is only like 14 years ago. <laughs> yes, all those people who've read the uh, Angelica Button series. Exactly. Uh, who will come back, as we'll see in future episodes. There are several callbacks to the series. Uh, but uh, yes, there's a big spoiler. Homer now knows how it ends, uh, and that will obviously cause some some friction uh, between him and Lisa. Uh, we then go back to Bart, uh, who is hanging out with Milhouse in front of the Quickie Mart, uh, and 
he has a conversation with Milhouse uh, where uh, he says that the word bully is offensive. Only other bullies can use it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really hate this. Robbie <laughs> apparently asked me in the notes to calm down about it. It's not that bad. It's but this is bad. some great a bull honky. Let me just say. <laughs> it's here, Matt. I what it, this is so blatant. Like I can't even want me to get offended by them going the b word. Like they don't one. Like this is I want this is I think this is not nearly as bad as you know Martin saying you know uh, the the slur oh. earlier in the episode. Even if it was oh I used the right definition for it or whatever. I don't think this is a, that's way worse to me than this. This is this feels just like it's a laughably bad joke. That that is my problem with it. I think it's just terribly unfunny. That's my problem. Like I don't who like whatever. Oh, the B word. Don't call me bully. It's a the B word. Um that whatever. Like I don't I I think it it is a joke written by like this is like a Jay Leno joke. Which is not a compliment. <laughs> that, that, this is a joke for men in Columbia shirts. Like that is what this yeah. like, and that is is just terribly lame. And I think that's my problem with it. Uh, I if I'm going to pick anything to be offended by, it is the lack of an ending in this episode. Not that this really dumb. Again, yeah. this just comes across as again. We have talked previously about. It feels like there's a lot. There's some sometimes very overt and sometimes more subtle influences just by the presence of south park and family guy out there at this point south park is basically on fire um it is doing incredibly well it still does really well i'm really curious what the weird netflix deal they're doing is going to be but it those obviously netflix i'm netflix south park and family guy to a lesser extent much more edgy uh filthier dirtier comedy and I feel like that's what this is like you. And this is this episode is very subtle in it. I feel like this is I think Matt Selman's presence as the main writer, I think, moves. I hope move this this episode away from that largely. But there's still these moments here where like, you know, that the thing earlier with the slur, the homophobic slur and this moment where it's like the B word. And you're like, come on, guys, this is you're not even you're not good at it. Don't do it. Yeah, it's like if you were using this to make some kind of, uh, you know, a commentary on what's going on, that's one thing. But you're not. You're just trying to take a lame analog and be funny. And that, I think, is what makes me so mad is like you are being offensive while trying to be funny and not being funny. Like if it had been funny, OK, maybe you could have started a dialogue. But no, you're just being lame. Man. Anyway, bigger fish to fry. I know. I know. Uh, moving on. Uh, after this idiocy, uh, we see uh, Milhouse try to convince Bart to hang out, despite the fact that uh, Nelson and Bart are best friends now. It's weird to see you as somebody's sidekick. Whoa, Bart Simpson is nobody's sidekick. Then why are you wearing that vest? Because my chest is cold and my arms aren't. I see. Then I suppose you can just fly kites with whoever you want. Right here in front of everyone. Come on, Bart. Throw the dork a bone. Hmm. All right, I will. So, we see here that Bart and Milhouse proceed to uh, fly kites, uh, red and blue, uh, which Nelson later remarks are the colors of friends, uh, because obviously Nelson sees this, because the, the plot wouldn't happen otherwise, uh, and he is very upset by the idea of Bart hanging out with anyone else. Uh, this is where I feel like 
the plot started off as Bart is friends with Nelson in the subordinate position because Nelson has all the power. And uh, then Bart decides to strike out on his own to show that, oh, no, he still has agency. Uh, and for some reason, it then turns into an abusive relationship because this is a, a hallmark of abusive relationships is that one person needs to be in control of the other at all times. And I don't know why those two have to follow one another. It's like it's one thing. <laughs> I don't I don't have the proper language to discuss this, apparently, because it just it falls so flat on its face. Robbie, any anything? Um, I don't think it is the right way to go. I think ultimately it's not it's it's it feels very strange and it does it 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 becomes more than I think th I think this is my problem with it. It's not that you can't do an episode where you address uh like you know abusive relationships or whatever power uh, power people people trying to control relationships control the power in a relationship or whatever um unhealthy relationships like that's fine. I think ultimately it doesn't feel like Nelson and Bart here by the by the third act um, when they're going back and forth about friendship and stuff like that. It feels closer to like uh, like a thriller, like a weird, you know, like a single single uh, single white female type movie, something or, you know, or, or a classic like I'm trying to think of like the I don't know, basic instinct, something like along those lines um, where you're. It's like you know a weird power dynamics these and, and it it gets uncomfortable and it doesn't feel like kids anymore to me. It doesn't feel like it doesn't like there are there's clearly a way you can have an episode about Nelson and wanting to have friends and the only way he knows how to interact with people is you know punching them and showing having you know aggression and violence and because he has a doesn't have really good he doesn't have a dad really and like there's a lot of stuff you can do that could end up being really sweet and really end up being fulfilling and have nelson realize these things and realize that bart was like we get to a point later on where bart's like oh i you know nelson's like you use me like you didn't want to be my friend you just wanted me to help protect you and like that's like there's something there but again they don't feel like kids anymore they don't it feels like these are like weird this is like a weird adult relationship and you're like what is this this doesn't feel like bart and it, it's, it's one thing if this were between two adult characters on the show because the show does uh skew towards you know being accessible to all ages but the, the fact that you're having kids have these relationships is a little on the weird side yeah i think that's my problem with all this man it's not like could they make a good episode with this kind of weird power abusive relationship kind of thing maybe i don't think i don't think this is impossible for a simpsons episode to do I do think if you're going to do that specifically, you don't do Nelson and Bart. I think this could have been just a very simple, oh, two kids, one wants a friend, finds one, and then doesn't want to lose him and acts weird or acts, you know, danger, like, you know, lashes out. But you don't make it this weird, like, again, feels like a thriller. It doesn't feel like a... It feels too high stakes. It feels like dangerous. And like, why is there so much danger in this? I want to feel sad for Bart and Nelson. I don't want to feel like threatened. I don't want a flight or a fight or flight response triggered, which I think is what ends up happening. Um, like, I don't know. I, I I think ultimately it doesn't really matter <laughs> because the ending is so bad <laughs> that it ruins yeah, everything they did. But. I think we'll get to the ending and then we'll talk about it in general. Mm -hmm. So 
Bart goes to see Nelson after this, and Nelson freaks out, shows Bart evidence of his transgression. I use transgression with scare quotes. And then destroys his camera and yells at Bart, look what you made me do. And this this is where it, it just it gets to me, where I'm like, okay, you are this is an obviously unhealthy relationship. You are basically saying that Nelson is emotionally abusing and probably even physically abusing uh, Bart, given the number of times he's been beaten up. But that was before the breastfeeding relationship started, so gray area. Uh, and it's just, is that where they want to go with this? I can't tell, and that's the real problem. Uh, but thankfully for me, this is where we're going to go commercial. So now Robbie's it's Robbie's responsibility to talk about it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we come back commercial 15 minutes and 8 seconds uh, the acts are relatively well balanced I'll say that as well you know, 7, 8, like 7 like that's, it feels 6 it feels like oh they're you know, it feels not, no act is 10 minutes long and no acts are 3 minutes long, it feels like oh every single third of the episode feels like it's the right amount of time so Bart's upset because Nelson's mad at him um, we have a, a weird thing here where Abe points out that bullies aren't cowards. <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay. So I don't know why this is here either. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Again, it's like, again, there's like we like weird things around the edges here where you're like, why is this here? Why is this here? This doesn't feel like it, there, it needs to be there at all. Like, we don't need a scene here with Abe. You can easily have more characters with Bart or Nelson here. Like, here's here's a scene where you can have sympathy for Nelson. Find it. Get a sympathy for Nelson. Have to cut back to Nelson's home life or something like that. I don't know. Um, we cut to the school where Nelson pulls Bart into a locker and they're in a locker together. Um, Nelson apologizes to Bart for freaking out and then says, oh, yeah, but now we're, we're best friends again, right? And, of course, Bart's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I, I know. I don't want to be. And then, like. Matt brought up the abusive relationship thing like that this this feels again like a thriller movie it feels like uh, uh oh no this this we want it, we should be afraid of Nelson here and I think that is the other big problem it's like oh I'm I mentioned it before I'm getting like oh Bart is afraid of Nelson so now I'm afraid of Nelson and like you should be building sympathy for both of these characters you should be trying to build sympathy for both of them you should try making them both um likable to a certain extent. Sure, they, they can have flaws and they can make mistakes, but you still want them to, you want to root for them. And in this case, I'm just afraid of Nelson because he's like, oh yeah, we're going to be best friends, right? Oh wait, we're not? Just because I apologize doesn't fix everything? Um, we also have adults just looking the other way, basically every step along the way, uh, multiple times here in this final act. Skinner and Chalmers here. Um, so it is finally, we cut back to the B-plot. This is the end of the B-plot here, this final scene, where Homer is finally going to read the final chapter to Lisa and theoretically read it for the first time. Um, Homer makes up a new ending instead. Uh, what? Oh, Graystash! Uh, Graystash! Oh, hello, Lisa. Come on, Dad. Read the last chapter. Everyone says there's a big surprise. I bet Angelica discovers that she's a wizard. Uh, how would you feel if something bad happened to Greystash? It would be the day my childhood ended. <laughs> Come on, read, read! <laughs> Angelica was trapped in the suffer clock of Sandy Doom. Time to choose, Greystash. If you save Angelica, you'll die. Why are you stopping? We're almost at the happy ending. Notebook is gonna make my daughter sad. Time to do what I do best. Lie to a child. 
Greystash looked Crumb right in the eye and said, Mustache power! Activate! Oh, man, I can't believe you beat me, but you did. I somehow escaped from the hourglass. And now to go on living. <laughs> the end. Indeed, the end. Which I hate when uh, I will say that uh, the biggest laugh of this episode came right with, with that. A lot of time they've been over. I think they abuse the Homer, the Homer yelps, the Homer noises. They abuse Dan Castellaneta's ability um, and throw them in too often. But I feel like in this case, where how would you feel if I told, if uh, if it was a sad ending? If if uh, what's his face dies, at least it'd, be, it'd destroy my childhood. Homer, ah, that made me laugh really hard. I got it. Got me. Um, Lisa. I, I cut out the clip early because it goes on for another minute or something. But um, Lisa questions Homer initially. Like, is that the real ending? Homer um, tells me yes. Tells her yes. Leaves. And then she could. She chooses instead of reading the book and seeing the true ending. She goes, I think Homer's ending is better. And we cut away. And that is the end of the B plot. And that is a very bizarre ending. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I mean. Sure, why not? Let's, why? let's go there. I mean, like, they're they're trying to get this out of the way so they can finish. They have more time to finish up the Nelson Barb. I know that's the thing, man. Like, it's, but then they just—it feels like both of these plots have the same exact ending, where it's just like, uh, like someone's off, someone's standing right off screen, just doing the wrap it up signal. Come on, wrap it up. And you're like, but this doesn't make any sense. Lisa is the person who doesn't like the false ending. She would want the truth. She, you know, like. I like it feels like there's another another couple scenes in this plot that just don't happen. And instead Lisa's like, no, but Homer's ending is great. I'm like, what happens when Lisa the next book in this series comes out and 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 mustache guy is dead? Like what do we do? What does Lisa do? She's gonna read the books. Yeah, she's gonna start the next book and go, Oh wait, why is Greystash dead in this? He didn't die in the last book, right? Also, I, I haven't mentioned this because it obviously they they kinda don't want you to think about it, but Lisa is a way better reader than Homer is. Why does she need him to read to her? She's not five. She, she wants to spend time with her dad. Okay. See, that I, I that is something that should be in the episode, Matt. They should have, like... I feel like, I feel like when Lisa pulls out a second copy of the book and reads the, the real ending right after this, that that is Lisa... Uh, that is them trying to communicate to the other reader that Lisa obviously knows how this works doesn't need homer there she just wants to spend time to him and i feel like that came across perfectly well to me well she doesn't read the real ending man that's the thing yeah, she, she decides does. no she doesn't she says i decide she's she opens the book and then closes it right away she says i think homer's ending is better better than what exactly like she has nothing to compare it to then that's what I'm saying is she read the, the end of the book very quickly, as I think what they're trying to get across, because otherwise she would say, I like that, then just fine, close book. But she says, I like that, then better, which means she has something to compare it to, which would be the real ending. See, I didn't get that at all. I got like, no. oh, she just flipped it open. I like decided... the writer who doesn't understand better. Matt, 
I understand what these words mean, okay, but I do not presume that the Simpsons writers know what they're talking. Whenever they you use know, words, that is okay. A very good point. I, I withdraw my comments. I can't. I cannot. Like if every single episode of The Simpsons through season eighteen, if we hadn't just watched like a hundred episodes in a row where they clearly don't know what words mean, I'd be. I would just assume that what they say they mean. But nowadays, I don't know if they mean what they say. I don't know what these if they understand what they're doing. Um. I, but I think I wanted more development here, um, pro- mostly cause it's just because it's sweet. Like I don't mind the B plot. I think it's like I I like the B plot quite a bit. I wanted more of it. Like I wanted more to, to be more developed. Um, the problem is I also want the A plot to be more developed. So and they don't have enough time apparently, because uh, <laughs> that's the end of the B plot. We don't see any more of it. Uh, we cut to basically is effectively the last couple scenes of the A plot. Where the kids are on a field trip, they're going to tide pools, um, and I'm. This is the part I. This is the stuff I hate, Matt. Like this is the stuff. Like not all of it, but yeah. This is this is where it gets really, really bad. It, I. So you're like, okay, they're at the tide pools. I don't know why, but fine. They pick a new setting for this. I think they're trying to escalate it. They're trying to make this bigger than it already was. Which, you know, and I feel like that's a, a crush thing they lean on a lot. They're like, oh, we're going to tr- change the setting. We're going to take it to somewhere where there could there's it's new and it's dangerous. Like, it feels like that is a thing they, they lean on a lot lately. They try and bring, oh, we're going to put, we go to the zoo. We go to, like, the clock tower. You know, like, it feels like a lot of third acts in the latter, the, the these out early, these teen out juniors are like, oh, we're just going to go to a place that has danger in it. Um for no reason like there's no mention of tide pools up until this very moment uh they're tide pools and nelson drags bart away and they i guess skinner doesn't care which that i that tracks honestly they don't principals and teachers whatever the simpsons have always been relatively honest about you know these people don't care about these kids um he takes them to a cave i that nearby i guess yeah that's the best i can tell is they're like oh let's get somewhere out of the way where no one can see us which is never a good idea yeah what well, uh, sure fine so we have a, a a scene here in this cave uh where nelson and bart sort of talk it out nelson please don't kill me remember when we made fun of cinco de mayo i called it stinko de mayo we laughed so hard bart you are a bad friend say again you never liked me for me you liked that I protected you and gave you a vest and stole milk boxes for you. I hate milk! It comes from cow wings! There you go again. You act all nice, and then you go crazy. Well, maybe I get jealous, but it's just because I never had a best friend before. Um, Nelson, was the water always up to our necks? <laughs> so, I don't know why... Because, okay, so here, at this point, they're in a cave that is now flooding by, I guess, the tides coming in, flooding, and so they have to escape. Nelson's gone. He then re- he appears from underwater with an oxygen tank that he stole from apparently now a now dead scuba diver. <laughs> that man's yes, the scuba divers can't get out of the water. I know that's the thing. Like he would go swim. Um, this is all terrible. I cannot overstate this. That they spend this entire episode doing 
a fundamentally sound job of establishing a relationship and trouble and regardless of how either you or i appreciate like the abusive relationship stuff at least there is a plot and there's conflict between these characters and they're building towards something and then as soon as there is even a glimpse of resolution of interesting character development it devolves into this the stupidest action scenes that are pointless well robbie don't how build else character. are you supposed to demonstrate that nelson cares for bard but by having him save his life he can't just say that he cares for him or demonstrate it in some small way it has to be a grand action yeah haven't you ever seen a romantic comedy that's the thing man it's just the dumbest it's just the dumbest decision like oh no we do like again we look at like the marge and the big giant homer popsicle statue like why can't it be a small gesture that is uh, that is more that is meaningful something nelson could do something that demonstrates that he knows bart that he understands him and that he does care about him and he appreciates bart for being his friend and they clump oh my god it's so it's all so clumsy so nelson shows up has the scuba tank that we that we didn't need to see like if nelson had just said oh i stole it from a guy i didn't need to see a dead scuba diver just hanging on just dead underwater literally he's just floating under under also why why does he give it to bart because nelson is gonna be one swimming them to safety so he's the one who needs more oxygen bart can just hold his breath and bart passes out anyway so how does the oxygen tank help but nelson is able to swim them to safety and bart is with the one with the oxygen is the one who passes out again man none of it matters it's so messy so clumsy um they swim to safety we'll see what happens is matt oh here matt okay so you're asking about uh, how is bart bart gets the oxygen tank and he still passes out how well what you see is an octopus steals it the octopus steals the oxygen. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. I mean, I'm sorry, Matt. That's what happens in this episode. I'm not making that up. Anyone who hasn't watched this episode, they are swimming to safety. And I'm like, okay, sure. Then an, an octopus literally darts between them, grabs the oxygen tank, and darts away, and never to be seen again. And I wanted, I wanted to take my keyboard and smash it on my desk. Like, why? Why? How, <laughs> like, why do this? you you had bart and nelson in a cave with no oxygen tank you can literally just have them swim out without an oxygen tank if you don't want them to have an oxygen tank instead of giving them one and then taking it away it's so contrived and convoluted for no reason and this whole episode feels like has so much intent and design in it even if it's some of its muddle and not good it's there and then this clumsy scene yeah yeah i i feel like you're familiar with with punch up and it feels like all of this was added in punch up after the plot was set down they're like okay we need to add some laughs how do we add some laughs oh uh they steal nelson steals an oxygen tank we show a dead diver okay hilarious oh but it gets stolen by an octopus also hilarious the kids are gonna love this oh my god no it's very it's very bad um but whatever we but they steal the oxygen chain bart passes out he wakes up on the beach um right before skinner kisses him but skinner kisses him anyway and blows does the trying to do a cpr on him um and there's again dumb jokes about skinner loving bart and you're like why is this here what is this why is the scene here about it feels like it's made to appeal to kids 
And I feel like one of the ways The Simpsons set itself apart in the early years is that it didn't try to appeal to kids. Like most of the jokes were aimed at everybody and the kids understood them because I feel like they are heavily underestimating children in trying to decide what is funny enough to put in the episode. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. I disagree in that they think that adults think this is funny. God, I hope not. I used to have hope. (laughs) Fair, fair. None of this matters. Um, Bart is uh, awake now. Okay, he's fine. Nelson is completely fine. He is pretending to play a stingray as a guitar for I don't know. I don't know why. Like, what is this? What? Where is the Nelson that was just that just shown some uh, like a glimpse of his of his vulnerability and of his flaws and of being sad and being lonely? And no, we get just get him playing a stingray like a guitar or a manta ray or something. And and then he just tells Bart, oh, we're not friends anymore. Why? See, if they had not spent that time on the heroin escape, stealing the oxygen tank and the octopus, they could have had Nelson say, you know what? You're right. This friendship isn't working out. From now on, we're field trip buddies. That's it. And Bart could have been relieved, but also kind of sad to show that, oh, he did have something invested in this relationship. But no, we, we don't get that. Instead, we get cheap gags that are meant to elicit laughter from the small-minded and don't even do that it's just incredibly abrupt there is no the like they they took all this like all this momentum they had and they built all this and then they throw it all away and it's so frustrating like oh this episode has something happening in it that it's just not filler it's just not empty cardboard and then it throws it all away at the end and you could like despite all the weird subtext and all the abusive relationship stuff you could salvage that in this with a really good in the scene here where if they just have be honest about their character and we have some sweet moments between the two boys you could have like you could have something something even like i don't know if that episode's gonna be great but could salvage it and make it less muddled make and if you pull you could you could really with a good final scene you can kind of hand wave away a lot of those weird things that were happening and make us feel better about them. And and Nelson could apologize for being uh, controlling. And, like, you can do those things. But instead, no one says they're sorry. No one... They're on the precipice of it. <laughs> they literally have a scene where they're like, oh, let's start to open up, and then the cave floods. Also, that cave is, like, 30 feet underwater? How did they get... The tide is not 30 feet deep. And it's not 30 feet deep, especially over three minutes. <laughs> uh, it's again, it's so silly. Um, uh, and then and that and the silly again, I said this, I think I said this last week where the tone of this really upsets the apple cart. It really it really ends the episode really poorly is because you have this really silly escape sequence where there's like a dead scuba diver and an octopus, for God's sake. And it's so silly. And I'm supposed to also be concerned? How? Why am I concerned? You can't go with a serious theme like this and then go with all these silly gags. It's total whiplash, and it just doesn't work. Like, if you want to go for some dark humor, this would be the time. The Simpsons doesn't really do dark humor anymore in season 18 or season 32 uh, in some of the, the ways they kind of, they occasionally did in the golden years. But now this kind of thing would be the time for it. But no. Yeah. It, uh, it really... In one of the, I think this episode is not bad. Like, especially for on the curve, eighteen season eighteen curve. This episode isn't bad. Um, no, even as a whole, 
I would say, even with the terrible ending, this this episode's not bad on a season eighteen curve. But it took what could what it could potentially have been a good episode and kind of threw it all away. And I and I think that I don't know a thing I always I always remember from when I was in orchestra uh, and and played music, played performances and concerts is like people remember endings. You can play a song and mess up a dozen times. But if you go out on a strong on a strong point and hit the last few notes really really well, they'll forget it. They'll forget about all the mistakes and go, "Oh, that was great." Um, and the vice versa is true. You can do even if you do everything right up until the last minute or two of your episode, but then you know fumble it. All the people are all I all I all I think about is the ending. Now I don't think about all the stuff that I liked or, or, or earlier in the episode. I think, oh, they took all this and didn't stick the landing. What's that for? Ugh. That's why I just go, ugh, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth, even though the rest of the episode isn't that bad. And there's some laughs in here. I laughed. I think the B-plot is really sweet. Um, I still disagree. I still think Lisa, if if you, what you say is true, man, I think Lisa would appreciate more the ending where the wizard dies defending his student. I think there's there's poetic po- poet, poetry in that. You are correct at that, but I don't think that matters to the, the plot, thankfully. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, we will rank it at the end of the show. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? Uh, I would say yes, because I can think of ways to make this episode more, to the point where it works and is a good episode. I think that's the difference between broken and not broken. Is If it's if there's no way to make it into a competent episode, it's not broken. It just shouldn't exist. But a broken episode, you can see a light through the cracks that says maybe we could make this something worthwhile i think this is really this episode's in a, in a big big old gray area for me for this like it feels it's not like last week's episode where you're just like what is all this what is this big old mess you go, oh this this makes sense like you know like scenes like a lot of like lately seasons 16 17 18 the like we're lucky if scenes connect to each other, you know, like, oh, it's just scene to scene yeah. to scene. They're mostly disconnected. This episode does that. It, I think it functions. It, it understands storytelling. It understands uh, audience, you know, expectations, of keeping characters together and, and moving them around and like the basics. And ultimately, a lot of time is when I go, oh, the, they understood the basics. It can't be broken. Maybe they misstepped. They made missteps on other finer points. But then I get to that ending. The ending. Can I say okay. this? The okay. ending is broken. The ending is the absolutely ending is, broken. It's very broken. But I think there are ways you could you could actually fix it. Like uh, in the end, we get rid of the whole cave wait, sequence. Matt, you said the magic word. You said the word fix. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. Okay, go ahead. So if well, you get rid of that. Hell, we can get rid of the entire tide pools altogether because there's no reason for them to be in the tide pools. If someone had brought it up at school earlier, okay, whatever. But no, there's no reason. It's just we need a place where they could be in danger. You don't need that. No, you don't need that at all. Have them have this conversation, say, at the park uh, where Bart is is flying kites with Milhouse and is worried that uh, you know Nelson is going to see him uh, now that they're no longer friends or whatever. And Nelson comes up and starts the conversation and. 
like maybe he he drags Bart off or whatever and says, no, we're, we're going to do things. We're going to be friends, you know, trying to reestablish the relationship that Bart broke up in the previous time. And then you get the a conversation where Bart has to fight back and say, no, I've told you that we're not friends. And then you, Bart is obviously scared of Nelson because Nelson is bigger than him, has beaten up on him a lot. Uh, and we have Nelson say, my biggest problem with this ending is Nelson never, ever says, I'm sorry. That's one of the things I feel like he he really needs to do is he needs to say, I'm sorry. Obviously, I have done something wrong in this relationship. And then you can say, Bart, say, oh, well, I have also done something wrong. You're right. I misled you uh, into thinking this friendship was about more than it was when it was really about using you. And they can both have a dialogue about, you know, what they liked about the relationship, what they didn't while they watch, you know, Millhouse, uh, you know, fly a kite. And here, if you want to have some stupid gags while they're having this conversation, you can, in the background, have Milhouse get caught in a kite. His kite gets caught in something, uh, in a car, and it, it starts to drag him away before he lets go. You know, if you want a place for a stupid gag, you can have it in the background of a serious conversation. And then they turn and they laugh at Milhouse together, realizing, oh, we did have something in common after all, but it's not going to work out. And then Nelson says, smell you later, and wanders off. And that's that would be a good metaphor for ending a relationship that is obviously dysfunctional but recognizing that having that relationship in the first place may have been worthwhile and that's something i feel like a lot of people who watch the simpsons could use a lesson in is getting out of dysfunctional relationships <laughs> and it sucks that you have to do this with children uh to make it apply to most people to so think huh that's that's a lot like my relationships but sometimes that's what you have to do and that could have made the the end of this episode worthwhile it's still not great in 22 minutes, it's hard to do this, especially with a B-plot shoehorned in there, uh, as decent as the B-plot was, but at least would have some type of real closure. I I would just rip out all of it. I would rip out... That's also fair. I would rip out all of the... Really, like, I don't... They certainly... Obviously, you still uh, upset about Bart and Nelson's friendship. Um, and Nelson still... I think it is more about... It feels... When Nelson... I think that's the thing I, I mentioned earlier. It feels very purposeful on Nelson's part. Like, I, you d if you don't, I, you can't root for Nelson in this. Nelson feels gross in this because he is using, I think, I think we are as a whole wiser and can recognize these warning signs of this types of relationship and these types of people earlier on and people more widely know about this, which is, I think, is a great thing. Um, you can avoid uh pitfalls as people but again i don't want it in the simpsons with nelson and bart and i think you can make nelson you know want to be friends with bart and not understand how friendship works and like you can still do all that without having him feel like he is a villain from a thriller which is what he ends up feeling like and i don't want that i want nelson to be a maybe have bad and bad uh have good intentions but bad execution and i think ultimately that's what i think he's like i he's lonely and desperate for a friend and so he'll do whatever it takes to keep bart as his friend but i don't ever want to feel like he's like trying to manipulate bart i don't want to feel like i don't feel like oh i he's just using these tricks that abusive people do to keep people in relationships and you should i don't know i like i have no idea how much of that is intended like, did Matt Selman and the writing staff intend for Nelson to come across that way? 
it feels like they did intend that, but I don't know. And in, and this is what I'll say about this episode as a whole, which is why I kind of wanted to say it wasn't broken, is that a lot of the times lately, these episodes feel like they don't have any intent. And I can't ascribe any meaning to anything because I have no idea what they're trying to say, if they're trying to be negative, if they're trying to be positive. This episode, because it has so much intent, because it feels like they made choices, I can at least go, I can try and assume good intentions. I can try and assume that they were trying to do something good and not have Nelson come across as a villain, effectively. They failed. But that is like, just because an episode fails at something, they did fail. But just because an episode fails at something doesn't mean it's broken. I think that is another fundamental thing on my part. I don't think... I, ultimately, I don't think this episode is broken. I think it failed. But those are two different things to me. Because, like, there is some art that I would say is bad, um, that are stories that are bad, but they're very, at the same time, they're very audacious, and there's clearly intent and artistic choice in them. And I would never say that they're broken. I would say maybe they fail at what they're trying to do, but you can still pull something meaningful out of them. And ultimately, that's what I'd say about this episode, is that it fails, but there's still meaningful things in it, and still things I enjoy in the episode. Now, how do I rank that? I don't know. That'll be real difficult. We'll get there. Um, we can um, move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Uh, Comments and News Group is where I ask... Our patrons to leave their reviews their thoughts on an episode and a lot of mixed thoughts on this one man it's very interesting um from charles season 18 continues when nelson becomes bart's best friend growing tired of being bullied bart consists every other kid to forget about going to nelson's birthday party but marge makes bart go didn't she once disown him for hanging out with nelson but she told him not to don't you can't expect con there's no con there's just that's at this point fool's errand continuity at all um expecting it Bart is initially lured in by Nelson's charm, only for him to turn out to be incredibly possessive. Nelson's violent mood swings, so Bart, Bart wants nothing to do with him because he's crazy. The end, Nelson in the episode makes Bart out to be the bad guy. He'll only go through a checklist for signs of domestic abuse, and Nelson's actions would fit them all. As shown in Sleeping with the Enemy, the writers are starting to use Nelson's family life as a, a Freudian excuse for his actions. The problem with this is he doesn't actually try to change his ways, so now he's just allowed to do what he wants. I don't care if he's lonely and sings Papa, can you hear me? He's still a dangerous and violent thug. The Homer and Lisa plot line, while dated, was touching. I wish they spent more time on that. Yeah. Again, Nelson is not likable in this episode. Come back to it again. Just write likable characters. It solves a lot of problems. You just make your characters likable. Uh, from Derek, can I just be honest? No, Derek, please lie to me. <laughs> yes, you can be honest. Please be honest. I have tried, but I just don't like it. Articles and such will always cite this one as an example of an episode that proved The Simpsons can still produce good episodes post-Golden Years. I don't don't trust those articles. They're all liars. They don't. They haven't sat down and done this, Derek. That's the thing. Those people, they haven't done this. They do this. They would have a sing a different tune. Uh, when the season eighteen DVD came out, I watched this and it did nothing for me. Similar to Mo, they watered Nelson down to this sad, pathetic loser, then made this treacly bore of an episode. I do actually feel there is something in this idea, but the execution squanders any potential. I feel like the classic years could have taken this premise and made something good without compromising Nelson's character. Alas, what we get is an uninteresting and unfunny outing and a very weird, broke-back mountain, mountain ending. Don't see what a lot of people see in this one. Also, I don't mind the B-plot, but I have a very, very big problem with how the Algene years do, quote-unquote, parody. We've had Cosmic Wars. Last week, we had Opal, and now Angelica Button. 
Soon we'll get the inspired Mapple. What's the joke here? Changing the name slightly is not parody. Monster Mart, on the other hand, is very much parody. The show used to be so much clever, but now we're expected to be amused by the fact we know they're referencing Harry Potter, but using a different name. What a laugh riot. Pass the oxygen. Then I, Derek, I will. I thank you. I think that is a very that especially that stuff at the end about the par- what parody is. Yeah, that's not. It's not really parody. It is just what's well, a funny way to um, to reference Harry Potter without directly referencing Harry Potter. Exactly. I, use, I don't even want to say the word funny. It is an indirect way. It is an analog. They just create analogs and go people people. It reminds me very much of the spoof movies from the mid 2000s late 2000s like like date movie or movie 42 where it's just like oh look iron man's in it oh look jack black a jack black type character and you're just like oh i recognize that there's no jokes it's just they're there the things you recognize and you point at them i mean some people laugh at that i guess i guess from brandon i know i watched it when first was aired but I don't remember it at all. I think I can guess my way to an accurate review. Takes too long to get to the main plot. Once we get there, we see some good ideas that are fully flushed out. Too much happens because the story demands it. The B plot is okay, but it's not all connected to the main story. Then the better told it as an A plot to another episode. I would have loved to see this B plot as an A plot, to be fair. It would it would work really well because you could have had Homer constantly trying to read ahead. And then he gets to the point where, oh, you know, he uh, he doesn't like where it goes. And so he has to make it up. And then from then on, he's just making things up. And we... We, as the audience, know that Lisa knows that Homer is completely making it up the entire time. Uh, but then it turns out that she just really likes Homer's version. She looks like spending time with her dad, which I don't. I think you could have developed and made it a bigger thing. Because it's very sweet. I'd be a great Lisa Homer episode. Um, Mark, this episode was on a better season. I call it a filler episode, but it isn't. And so far, it's the best episode of season 18. It's not perfect, but the characters felt more felt like them, than, uh, felt more like themselves on this episode. Well, almost anyway. Highlight for me is Lisa's ha-ha on the bus. I did get a good laugh out of that myself. Low point, Nelson kills a guy followed by an octopus, octopus trying to kill him apart. <laughs> Again, not a joke. Octopus does try and kill Nelson and Bart uh, for apparently no reason. Uh, for Benjamin, I enjoyed pieces of this one, even laughed a few times. For some reason, Nelson and Bart beating up Doc Ock got me as did Lisa's ha-ha. Certainly had some trademark season 18 moments involving slurs that didn't age at all. Side of a little murderer, I thought it was pretty good. Just a few tweaks away from being solid. B plot felt a little thin, but I did like the ending. Yet. I also liked the bro- broke back mountain ending of the A plot. It's a rare thing that I like an ending from this era. I wonder if they were specifically referencing broke back mountain. Like if they was were broke back mountain even out by then? Yeah, broke back mountain was out by then. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. On six, I want to say it was 2000. Broke back mountain came out in 2005. So yeah. Um. And the book had been around. That's longer. downright speedy to get popular culture. And, and well, I mean, also the the book had been around longer than that, and so. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if that is. I don't necessarily agree with them using it, but it, I wonder if it was pointed. It doesn't feel like it is, but maybe it is. The whole vest thing, like I don't know. It feels. It does feel pointed, but it does feel weird. Okay, um, Lauren, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's over the top and cartoonish. Plus, Nelson's one eighty at the end wasn't well explained. Why did he stop being friends with Bart to return the status quo? Ah. Also, why were the other bullies in Nelson's party? I think the whole A plot could have been could have been better, especially since Nelson's characterization seemed off. However, I really enjoyed Homer reading Lisa. I liked to see it evolve more, but it was cute and sweet. All of this episode is meh. That's one of the better season eighteen Simpsons episodes, but bar is set very low. Going off my shock value, where the writers have to wear a shock device because the, because of, hey, this is their fault. This episode would be a three out of ten. <laughs> I, I do. 
I'm, I don't want to be the person that laughs at people getting shocked because they made art I don't like, but sometimes you don't control your, your bad instincts inside. Sometimes. Most of the time. Most of the time. From Tim, I always think this is Simpsons' best effort since the president wore pearls. Yes, I know that's not saying a lot given what's come since, but still, this could pass as a lower-tier Golden Age episode. Not everything in the Nelson-Bart relationship added up. At least it was somewhat endearing. Their actions of secondary characters such as Skinner and Chalmers were spot on. Also nice to see Oafish but supportive Homer instead of the direct from the last several seasons. Projected rank 148. Wow, Tim. 148. Going high today. That's okay. pretty high. I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, Aaron, I like this episode? That seems weird to say. But Nelson is my favorite side character, and his relationship with Bart is always right for laughs. They can never decide from episode to episode whether they are friends or just have a bully victim relationship. Someone does a decent job of bridging that gap. The B story is sweet, if underdeveloped. First, I felt cheated by how it was resolved, but the more I think about it, I like that they just abruptly ended it without Lisa getting upset. It's a two-minute time killer, so emotional death was not needed. Overall, I think this is the best episode covered since season 16's Sleeping with the Enemy, another Nelson episode, and a nice change of pace from the direct of the past two seasons. And finally, from JJ. This is a good, solid episode. It's funny, thoughtful, and the plot starts almost right away. The exploration of Nelson's character and his relationship with Bart is very interesting. It's grounded, and given the time it needs to develop, which genuine stakes allows you to empathize with and relate to Bart's situation surprisingly realistic portrayal of toxic relationship which can make scenes such as when nelson destroys his camera in front of bart somewhat uncomfortable to watch but still very good because for once you're actually meant to feel uncomfortable even the b plot was very sweet and enjoyable and helps balance out the darker a plot the difference between this homer and last week's is night and day i saw the classic homer return in this episode it's not flawless i didn't buy marge forcing bart to go to nelson's party and the resolution could have been better but it feels like they actually tried to make a simpsons episode this week and that's all, like that goes a long way they, it felt like they tried, <laughs> at least, you know, like it does. It, it feels like they were like, OK, who are these characters? OK, we know who they are. What would they do in these situations? OK, let's add some jokes. Well, um, that went off to the side, but they got two thirds of the way there. Yeah, I like goodwill is what it, it, like they if they the, if they try, it inspires goodwill in me to like give them a shot to, to think, oh, they meant to do a better thing than what they did. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to get this every week. <laughs> Thank you guys for your reviews. They're very thoughtful, very well, very well written. Appreciate you all. You can join a Patreon and leave your own reviews. Any level of Patreon, uh, supporter can see the post and comment on whatever terrible episode we're watching or decent episode as an okay episode. Uh, we can move on to our next item. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our list of question of the week this week, Matt, is what is your favorite ice cream? Ooh, this is going to be a controversial one, I'm sure. Mm, All right. Maybe. I doubt it. I, okay, okay, I okay. doubt it. I mean, no one's going to select a bad one, probably. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Take it away. All right, all right. All right, starting off from Andy, Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough. Very good quality. Good choice, Andy. Alex, Cookies and Cream. Classic. Uh, from Tim, Caramel Praline, as it has many layers to keep you engaged throughout the experience. It's the Golden Age Simpsons of ice cream flavors. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, from Casey, Cold Stone's Mint Mint Chocolate Chocolate Chip. Brownies and hot fudge all mixed together in a perfect mint ice cream. I have not had that, but I'm going to have to. Um, uh, do you not like mint and chocolate together? No. Oh, that's right. You're, you're one of those toothpaste people. 
It tastes like toothpaste, guys. I don't like everyone. Okay, just, ev- just, just, you, just because you never had the flavor of mint until you had toothpaste doesn't mean that, that that's what it tastes like. Matt, it tastes like toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Mint tastes like toothpaste. If I'm eating toothpaste uh, mixed with chocolate. Why would why would I want that? What's wrong with you? And then I, I feel like this is very divisive. Like if you are one team or the other. You're like either you love mint chocolate, you love mint and chocolate, or you hate it. And I feel like I am just on team hate. That's fair. You can be on the wrong team. Uh, we will eventually wipe you out in the Great Mint Chocolate Wars, but that's okay. Matt, we're not the sun. the The Earth will be drowned by climate change well before we have a mint chocolate war. I'm sorry. I mean, you say that, but I mean, there's always been the pineapple on pizza war, so you know. All right, uh, from Derek. When I was a kid, it was always strawberry, and then it became partial to bubblegum. The other week, I had, though I was in a restaurant, I can eat indoors now. Vax to the max, baby. And they had pecan pie with banana ice cream on the menu. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. Uh, I took some of my mom's, even though it was a top of pecans, and I have a nut allergy. I'm still alive, though, and had I died, it'd have been worth it. Because let me tell you, banana ice cream is pure sex. Okay, not just banana ice cream, because that, that but banana ice cream mixed with pecan pie. Now that that sounds freaking amazing. I'm gonna have to make that happen. I mean, uh, Matt. Matt Warren, okay, Matt. I'm gonna. Hmm? I have contemplated recently getting an ice cream machine. <gasps> really. It's a bad idea. I should not have an ice cream machine. I should not have a way to make ice cream in my house. This is a very bad idea. To be fair, though, even with a machine, it's a lot of work. And I don't see you putting in that much work that frequently. So it's probably safe. Matt, don't underestimate what I'll do to get some chocolate ice cream. <laughs> For some what kind of ice cream? Chocolate or honestly, any kind. I, I had watched a video with, yeah, right. uh, with uh, Brian David Gilbert, who he made weird ice cream flavors. And he made a, um, what's the the crab spice? Um, bay, old bay. Old he, bay. he made old what bay. One of the best spices. Ever. He made old bay ice cream, and I went that pr- I probably would hate it, but I need to try it. Uh, but no one's making old bay ice cream except for me. If I have a, I mean, cream. they make ketchup ice cream, so ugh, gross. Yeah, exactly. Gross. Anyway, moving on uh, from Lauren, Cherry's Jubilee. When I was a kid living in Connecticut, we used to go to weekly concerts at a park. We would always go to Baskin Robbins beforehand, and my father would get Cherry's Jubilee, so it would become my favorite ice cream. I'm sorry, Lauren. Anything with cherry flavoring is just bad, so we're going to have to strike that from the record. How dare you? Cherries are delicious. Cherry-flavored things are awful. See, Matt, I'm the exact exact opposite. You cherry-flavor-loving freaks. (laughs) wrong maybe if they put actual cherries i don't know baskin robbins might put actual cherries in there i don't want actual cherry cherries flavors, like cherry I want, starburst i want you want them up. i want i want only cherry fl- i want red i want cherry flavor i don't want actual cherries yeah well there you go that's fine actual <laughs> cherries are good anyway uh from anthony my favorites are either cookies and cream or cookie dough if i could i combine both into cookie dough and cream that sounds really good wow Okay, uh, from Hoppa, mint chocolate chip. All the answers are factually incorrect. There you have it, Robbie. Another listener telling you that you're wrong. I again, there's again. I said love and hate. Those are the answers. Like either you love it or you hate it. It's fine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From Brandon, Hagen Dazs pineapple coconut. If I'm buying, otherwise I'm going with homemade strawberry pineapple coconut. Hmm, that sounds really I'll, good. I'll take it. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, from at Bort ATX, uh, Ben and Jerry's Netflix and Chilled, also a fantastic flavor. Peanut butter ice cream with sweet and salty pretzel swirls and fudge brownies. Oh my god, so good. Uh, from at that JD1, Americone Dream, my personal favorite, Ben and Jerry's flavor, thank you. Because it's incredible. Anything with waffle cone chunks in it is a okay by me. 
uh, from Matt Energy Turtle, uh, Jamoka Almond Fudge. When I worked at Baskin Robbins, multiple people called it Jamaica Almond Fudge, and it drove me nuts. <laughs> I mean, I made this joke on Twitter. No one reads things. I'm gonna make. I made this joke on Twitter with uh, Abby here at Energy Turtle. I'm gonna make it here again. So people called it Jamaica Almond Fudge, and it drove you nuts. Uh-huh. Like exactly. almonds? Well, Robbie, I don't get it. Like, get it? Like almonds? They're not, they're not? No, Robbie, I don't get it. I'm, I'm confused. But, okay, so I'll, let me break it down for you. <laughs> almonds. <laughs> let's talk about them. <laughs> All right, let's not. Moving on, uh, from at Squeezel. Excellent. There's a little Excellent place handle. near me called, yeah, right? There's a little place near me called Country Made. It's been open since the 40s. They have honey ice cream. It's been my favorite since I was little. Oh, my God. Honey ice cream sounds so good. All right. Uh, from at, yes, it's Aaron. Rocky Road Heavenly Hash. The more stuff in my ice cream, the better. I do appreciate lots of stuff in my ice cream. And I like those flavors, but I think this is the first person I've ever seen say it's their favorite. Because they're good ice creams. They're very good ice creams. But no one seems to like them as a favorite. It's weird. All right, uh, from Matt Hippie 200, I tried to come up with a fancy out of left field answer, but it's being Ben Jerry's cookie dough. Fair, that's a really good one. Uh, from Matt L Columbia 88, chocolate chip cookie dough, a standard. Uh, from Matt Brian J Field, a chocolate peanut butter. Uh, from at Deadman 74, just throw some cookie dough in there, and that's a good ice cream. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. Yeah. Uh, from Matt Real Sean Smith, Edie's brownie batter. Again, and throwing a, a already existing dessert into ice cream just makes it better. Robbie, what is your answer? Um, obviously there's different, like, or we talk, what kind of, like, I just, I met, I left it open-ended on purpose, what's your favorite ice cream? So there is, uh, there's lots of really incredible, uh, you know, places you can go to get ice cream. Like, uh, like Jenny's is now a, a chain that is spreading, um, in big cities, even not so big cities in some cases. Uh, there's a local Austin chain, Amy's, great. Um, I, I lump these all in, like, I, I, it's hard for me to say one is better than the other. They're all very, very good. Um, there's like a place in Savannah, Leopold's, very famous that Matt doesn't like because he had to wait in line. Um, no, 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 no. I have to wait in line at a lot of ice cream places. I didn't like Leopold's because the ice cream wasn't very good. Maybe I hit an off day. I don't know. <laughs> you, your, your mouth doesn't work, Matt. That's a problem. You need to fix it. I mean, I've been saying that for years, but it's mostly around savory things. Sweet things I can generally, yeah, I'm fine with. That's, so I like all those things. I would, you could basically, I'll take any flavor from any of those places. I'd probably go, oh, this is great. But um, if I'm going to be eating ice cream most of the time, I'm not going to go out of all of those places. I'm going to get a pint from the grocery store and eat it in crouched in front of my computer monitor like a troll. <laughs> watching wrestling. Watching, watching professional wrestling is a good bet. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, H-E-B, my local, the Texas grocery store, very good grocery store, um, has their own line of ice creams and they are great. Uh, Swoon, they're called. They're also their regular vanilla is also incredible. 1905, uh, vanilla is great, but I, my favorite among them generally is the blueberry streusel, strudel, whatever it is. Streusel. 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 Uh, Robbie, you were the least white white person I know. Good lord! No, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't go don't go crazy, man. Um, but that's my favorite. But they, I again, you pay any of them, I would be like, oh, this is great. Thanks, ice cream. It's ice cream, man. I ain't gonna kick ice cream. It's unless hard it, to make a bad ice unless, cream. Unless I mean, obviously, unless it's mint chocolate, then it's terrible. But all other ice cream is largely really good. <laughs> Matt, what's your answer? Uh, I actually, uh, thank you for mentioning Jenny, so I don't have to go into the whole thing. Uh, Jenny's has a rainbow buttermilk frozen yogurt. Um, if you like 
sour things. It is the greatest ice cream you will ever have anywhere near your mouth because it is three flavors that are normally sherbet flavors. I, I can't. I, I want to say it's like orange, lemon, and lime or something along those lines. Um, but it's buttermilk frozen yogurt, so it's exceedingly sour, and it just it is so perfect. Like if you feel like, like sour Skittles or something like that in an ice cream flavor, that is it right there. That is that is the be all end all. And obviously it's Jenny, so not everyone has access to it. Um, but a close runner up goes to my dad's lemon ice cream that he makes like once a year. He's got an old ice cream maker. Occasionally make lemon ice cream because you can't get lemon ice cream anywhere practically still, despite the fact that there are hundreds of flavors on the grocery store shelves. Almost no one has a lemon ice cream, and it's incredible. Uh, but but the buttermilk frozen here just 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 by a hair. Nudges it out. H-E-B has a lemon ice cream. Though. They're one of their favorite. Do fancy. they? They do have a... Well, a, they, they need to get to Florida already. They have a fancy. They're not... Publix has got Florida on lockdown. There's no way H-E-B is going to try and right. spread that way. Um, what was the question, Matt? What, what question did I ask you? What was the listener question this week? This week was ice cream. Favorite ice cream. What did you talk about? Frozen <laughs> yogurt? What, what on earth are you doing? What is this? Robbie, mutiny. It's, this is it's what this is. This is, this is mutiny. Frozen... This is this is a, I mean, when it's buttermilk frozen yogurt. It's even worse for you than ice cream. Okay, I mean that's fair. I'm not. I, this is all. I'm, I'm just, I also okay. Okay, you you want you know, you know what's even sadder? I went to Savannah. I had Leopold's, and I was maybe I got a bad flavor. I don't know. I was unimpressed. But the next day, I went to uh, some candy shop that they have like eight <clears throat> locations of. It's a huge tourist trap, and I got key lime gelato. And I almost lost my mind. Well, gelato is great, man. I was, you're not going to argue with me about gelato. Yeah, right. I, key I believe, lime gelato. It was incredible. Nah, you, you and the sour flavors. Like, what is with this? No, don't give me sour. Oh, don't mix. That, okay, so here, I don't like mint. I don't want lime. Lemon's better. I don't. But I don't want. Don't give me lime. Why would I want that? In my uh, ice cream because it's so good. It just tastes it makes like your tongue tingle. I don't want to hear about your tingling tongue, Matt. All right, you keep that to yourself. <laughs> Keep that quiet, all right. Some, some all things right, are better. Right. Le- some things are better left kept to yourself. Okay, you can mm-hmm. keep your t- let your wife handle your tingling tongue. Okay, she can deal with that, not me. Um, <laughs> we are off the rails. Next week's question: What is your favorite buddy cop movie? So this episode is about friendship. So I thought, oh, let's let's tie it in. Um, lots of great, uh, lots of great answers out there. Um. I'm interested to see what people answer. I will post this all on our social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons at gmail.com and I post this question on our Patreon. So you can find it there. Answer there. Simpsons Show. Patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I will mention it once. I'll mention it again. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART. The No Google Trivia Challengers, Matt and I, each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me this season. Unfortunately, I don't like it. He's winning by three points. Just a little bit. It's, we're only like seven episodes in, Matt, and a little bit. A little bit turns into a lot bit, if I'm not careful. Give me mm-hmm. an easy question, please. All right, your easy question. All of your questions from this week are from the very first bart nelson episode bart the general Ooh. what is the name of herman's store oh god this is an easy question this is an easy question i don't remember uh i don't remember i don't remember what herman's store is uh herman vanished I mean, by it's, it's, herman just vanished from the show 
at a certain point. Did, after 22 short films about Springfield, Herman left town. I mean, that, to be fair, he was committing some pretty bad crimes. Um, Herman's store it, is it, called... It's a one-point question, Robbie. Just give me something. Uh, Herman's store is... It's like... I know it's a... a, a let's give me something. Come on. Uh, I mean, he sells guns and like army surplus store or something i don't remember what it's called you know what i'll give it to you it's herman's military antiques it's basically an army surplus store herman's military that is not easy that's 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 okay okay i mean i'll take the point whatever just give me a point i i don't even i can get every single one right matt if you as long as you give me the point i don't care i have no shame okay zero shame on my part uh-huh are you ready for your easy question i'm ready your questions are from it's sleeping sleeping with the enemy another uh-huh. nelson episode in sleeping with the enemy marge takes care of what springfield child uh that would be nelson that's correct all right your medium question what magazine does abe get from herman is it a real magazine it is there's a variation on a, a real magazine uh, that's what i thought i thought it wasn't a real thing i thought it was like a analog of a real thing is it guns and bullets uh no it is the large print edition of soldier of fortune soldier of fortune ah i wanted to say it too i was like but they wouldn't use soldier of fortune and why would abe read soldier of fortune abe Abe was way more violent in the early years of the simpsons he was he was very much a uh a guy who was like oh you know i'm i'm a veteran so therefore you know i'm he's very world war ii veteran kind of guy and now he's a generic old person yeah, I mean, to be fair, if he was to still remain a World War II veteran, Abe would have to be 95 years old Yeah, in current day. Um, your medium question, Matt, how many squares are in Lisa's Nightmare Hopscotch course? Uh, I'm going to say 48. It is 68. Dang. 68 squares of ankle something. Mm-hmm busting fury something like that there's it's it's quite a quite a title it is it is all right uh your hard question what is the key to springfield and who knew it the key to springfield i can picture herman in my head um the key to springfield is the i don't remember what it is but i'll just gonna guess the arcade and the people the the groups that knew it the thessalonians the persians the puns you managed to get nothing, so congratulations. <laughs> That's good. I'm real uh, proud. It is, it is Elm Street. The uh, Greeks knew it. The Carthaginians knew it. And now you know it. Greeks and Carthaginians. Okay. Elm Street. They, they, didn't, go, they didn't go quite as far as the Thessalonians. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't rem- I just said some names, Matt. Um, uh-huh. You're a hard question. I hope this is a hard question. What does the cake say that Lisa eats in the middle of the night in Sleeping with the Enemy? Oh, what does it say? Um... It's, I want to say it's a congratulations or something. Um, uh, it's like congratulations, Lenny, or something like that. I don't know. It says, happy Labor Day, Lenny. <laughs> Labor Day. Of course, the Labor Day cake. Okay. You don't You don't get a cake for Labor Day? Not most years, no, but an, from now on, I will. Amateur, Matt. You're an amateur. Come on. you got to celebrate Labor Day with a nice big old cake and give it to one of your friends at work, obviously. Come on. Matt but I both got one point, mostly because Matt's very Matt took pity on me or realized that his question was too hard. Um either way, I'll take it. We are I'm still three points behind. Doesn't change anything. I am struggling this season, ultimately. I I think I'm I think I'm getting dumber, Matt. 
I did get an ad for custom title belts on Instagram, so I am still thinking about getting us a title belt just to have it. Um, you'll probably be able to keep it for most of the time, so you won't even have to worry about shipping it back and forth. Um, I suppose we'll see. Because you would always win, Matt, reigning champion, 875 days in a row. Uh, be like, <laughs> like Bruno San Martino, uh, eight-year title reign. Uh, we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes category because we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling the list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, what the hell did we do in this episode, Matt? Um, I I have no idea. I think a lot of it is really is 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 good, and then some of it is very bad, and it's some of it's smart and interesting. And then, and has potential, and then some of it, and some of it's funny, and then some of it, like especially the ending, is bad. It's a bad ending. Um, it, it is. It it it. Uh, um, hmm. I don't think it's as good as that. I'm looking at the list. I'm I'm trying to figure out what the hell. Um, what the hell to do with this? I'm kind of looking in like the mid to low two hundreds. Trying to like split some hairs here. Um, you do enjoy splitting hairs. I have to in this this line of work. Um, let's let's start here, Matt. Let's start. Let's this, let's use this as a as a litmus test. Bart the Genius. Is this episode better or worse than Bart the Genius? Oh man, season one episode. Um, mm-hmm. Bart the Genius. I think this episode is probably better than Bart the Genius, just because in Bart the Genius, they were still attempting to establish lots of things that just make no sense. Uh, in retrospect, uh, it's it's honestly just, it's, it's not really that funny. I, I mean, the main joke is, is that Bart is dumb and tries to pass himself off as, as smart, and that's a little on the grading side, quite frankly. Um, I would say it is... I would say... I really hate this ending so much. It's so hard. <laughs> I you gotta let try and try and okay. try and mash okay. it. Try so, and you so say you gotta you you got a, a pile of mashed potatoes, Matt. Okay, and you all you have is uh, you boil the potatoes and they're in a big bowl. One of the potatoes is it looks gross. All the other potatoes look okay. Some look better than others, but none of them look bad. There's one potato in there. It's just awful. But you gotta mash them all together. It's got to be, you got to have mashed potatoes at the end of the day. And that mashed potatoes, what does that taste like? Is it one bad uh, potato, one bad potato spoils the mash? Depends how bad. And this ending was. It's pretty bad. It wasn't as, it wasn't, it was a good, it was a, it's a decent episode that ended really poorly. I think it is better than Bartha Genius. There's Doing in the Wind and then Break My Wife, Please. I think it is better than both of them. Yeah, uh, then for we, sure. Then we, then we, there's no disgrace like home. We get back to some more season one episodes. Yeah, I think it's better than there's no disgrace like home. I think it's better than the Telltale Head. Those are very they're very simple. Animation is very bad. Um, yeah. They're very sitcommy in a lot of ways. They they they're foundational. There's Hungry Hungry Homer, um, which might which is an episode I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Hungry Hungry Homer might be better than this. I think it it probably is. Um, just because it has a very coherent plot. And, you know, somebody, some big corporations do something bad and Homer lines up to stop them. Uh, some of the jokes in it, I recall being a little stupid, um, but it was one of the few, uh, what season was that? That was season 12 episodes mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, this this shows they still have potential kind of thing. Um, and above that is Crapes of Wrath, which I'm 
which is very close to the top of season one. I mean, we got Krusty gets busted and life. So it was like the third best season one episode. Um, but it was, it was decent. Um, it, the plot made sense and everything. So yeah, I, I think just below hungry, hungry homework, just above the telltale head. Crepes of wrath ages relatively well of the season one episode, simply because it's like, it takes place mostly in France. It's interesting. You know, there's, it's not a tip. It's not like just hey, this is another sitcom episode. Which a lot of those season one episodes feel like they're just like, oh, this is a sitcom, but it's animated and it's a little different and it's a little odd and quirky, so it feels different, feels like exciting. Um, but Crepes of Wrath, in comparison to the rest of the series, is actually still really interesting because oh, it goes to France and you know we have an exchange student and interesting stuff. Um, but I, I agree. I think Ha Ha Couple is that's a good spot for it. I think it it, it captures like it's doing some things interesting, but it falls on its face at the end. Um, but overall, it's a decent spot. It's way better than lot, than everything else in season eighteen so far. Um, ha ha couple is now number two twenty six on the list, right below Hungry Hungry Homer, right above the Tell Tale Head. Um, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place, still Codependence Day. Ooh, boy, I don't know if we'll ever get it. Some worse than that, but maybe, um, <laughs> maybe someday. Um, Next up, Matt, we got a Christmas episode. We have Kill Gill, Volumes 1 and 2. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, see how it goes. I've heard incredibly mixed feelings about Kill Gill. Some people really like Kill Gill, and then some people really hate Kill Gill. I don't, and I'm curious. To, we'll probably hate it from just, just, you know, sheer odds alone. Um, so that's next week, Kill Gill, Volumes 1 and 2. We'll talk about it. Uh, we have. One thing to do, though, before we leave, Matt, is one simple question we must answer, and that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Yay! <laughs> I think it stays. I think it stays. I think there's enough in it that it warrants keeping. I was uh, going to say the same thing. I was, I'm was. i very surprised you were that fast about it. But uh, yeah, I think it's worthwhile um, because it kind of expands on the, the Bart Nelson relationship a little bit. There's not a whole lot new in there. But for the Homer Lisa side plot alone, I think it's worth keeping. Yeah, there's there's enough in here. And there's value in here that you could say, yeah, you should watch it. I, I would say watch it and it's worth thinking about. Uh, we So yes, to say the cannon, we don't fire the cannon today, which any day we don't fire the cannon is a good day. Um we can move up to the top list as we're working our way down, asking the same question. And we are at episode number 67 on the list, which is Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy. Simpsons and Sons Revitalizing Tonic. Yeah, of course. There is zero doubt in my mind that this belongs to the canon. It is one of the best Homer Grandpa episodes. Yeah, it's a really good Grandpa Homer episode. It's very funny. Um, Rain Corporation, Reverse Vampires. Gotta watch out. You gotta watch out for those reverse vampires who are dangerous. Uh, Grandpa over sexual inaccuracy is a great episode. Uh, it is, yes, of course, it's part of the canon. You can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Includes everything there is on our website. Links to everything we do. Links to uh, this list and to our Patreon. It helps keep the light on. So if you want to support us, we'd really appreciate it. Um, that'll do it for us today. We're done for now. Until next week. Um, you, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. It is also my website, RobbieDorman.com. It's my name there too. Uh, my website has links to purchase my horror novels. You should do that. I, I hot take. 
you should purchase my horror novels. They're great. My newest one is called Death Rattle. Uh, it's about a uh, a Texas grizzled Texas redneck defending his dying town from greedy vampires. It's a great book. I love Ebner Graves' main character. You should go check it out. It is on Amazon. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. I spend all my time, instead of making hilarious posts, just taking videos and pictures of kittens and posting them online because that's what the world needs is more kitten pictures and video. You can see them all at uh, Kitten Turns, uh, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram uh, if you want to see the most adorable kittens that have ever existed and possibly take one home with you. Yes, you should do that. As I suggest. Also, hey, if you're in the I also we had foster kittens too. If you're in the Austin area and you want to adopt some kittens, uh, Austin Pets Alive. There's some cute kittens named uh, uh, Edgar and Raven, and you should go look them up on their website and adopt them. So we don't have them in our house anymore. <laughs> uh, very cute cats. Very cute. Um, might as well use my reach trying to get these kids adopted. Um, That's right. That will do it for us. I am Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, Bosch. This is us. Uh... Shh.